And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gizmondi. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gizmondi, and welcome to today's broadcast. It is a special day for all of us at the show as it marks our fifth anniversary of BC Food and Wine going province-wide on our network of Bell Radio stations. Of course, the show itself is now over 22 years old, and hopefully, like BC Wine, it's only getting better. I want to make a special shout-out to Casey Wilson, who left the show at the start of the year. We hope you're enjoying your food adventures, Casey, as you travel the world and extra time off with those grandkids. Well, it's been uh, quite a run of incredible weather for most of us in British Columbia throughout September and October, but it does look like the weather is shifting across the province. How's it shaping up for the finish of the big harvest? We're about to find out. On the show today, we'll check in with Kaylin Madeira. She's the owner and cider maker at Twisted Hills Craft Cider in the Similkamine. Warren Porter, President and CEO of Iron Gate Auctions, joins us to talk about his latest auction and the return of live auctions to the mix. That should be interesting to see how the online and the live work together. Michael Clark joins us for a complete update at Clotus Soleil Winery in the Similkameen, and he'll give us his assessment of the 2022 harvest and what he has planned for the next few months. But up next, Ned Bell, partner, chef, Naramat Inn. He joins us to talk about living the Penticton life as his team resuscitates the Naramat Inn. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gizmondi, and we are set to go. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Today Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The flavors of the region come alive at 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Enjoy lakeside dining inside or outside on the patio. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to offer up top-notch, seasonal, and locally inspired menus to complement the unmatched views of beautiful Lake Asuyas. For an unforgettable dining experience, 15 Park Bistro is the lakeside place to be. Now open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8. To find out more, visit 15parkbistro.com. 
From the Save On Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. A shout out to AM 1150 Kelowna and all other 19 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Ned Bell. He's a partner, manager, and executive chef at the Naramata Inn. Ned, uh, how are you today? Hey, Anthony. Good day. I'm fantastic. Thank you. Uh, really happy to catch up with you. I guess I'm going to start right off with it. It seems like it's the first summer sort of after COVID. How did it go? Yeah, thank goodness, eh? It, uh, we had a great summer overall. Um, you know, it was nice to, uh, to get back to almost normal. I think the, the region is still down a little bit, uh, from a tourism point of view. And so we weren't yeah. seeing quite the numbers that we would have hoped, but certainly the teams were, uh, were happy and smiling and, uh, the guests that were in the region and certainly down in Aramata were, uh, we're pretty excited to be back, um, you know, enjoying some delicious beefy wine and some fantastic food. Yeah. Well, for those who, who may be not familiar with the inn or at least uh, uh, the new partnership, tell us a bit of the story about some of the, the work that you guys have been doing and, and what's happening now at the Naramata Inn. Yeah, well, so we were very fortunate to, um, you know, acquire the Naramata Inn in 2020. My wife, Kate, and our partners, Paul, Hollins and Maria Wisner. So the four of us uh, had been dreaming of this place for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we were finally able to pull it together. And, and since then have had, um, you know, quite the journey. Uh, maybe our timing wasn't ideal, but uh, there was lots of pros and cons uh, that we had to face over the last number of years yeah. just with COVID and all of that. So we sure. have uh, re- re-envisioned the Naramata Inn as a restaurant with rooms. It was, of course, known as the Naramata Heritage Inn and Spa for about 20 years. And we're, uh, you know, we're professional restaurateurs um, and in the marketing and brand building business. And so we really wanted to celebrate great food, great gastronomy, and of course, incredible cocktails and and really, um, you know, celebrate the unbelievable uh, BC wine world uh, and really yeah. bring the best of the Okanagan to the world. And so that's what we're doing through our French Naramation cuisine. So sort of <laughs> rooted in French food te- technically, but with Naramata flavors. Yeah. We we only use things from the region. So I like to say you can only have this dinner here. And uh, it's, you know, hyper local, yeah. hyper seasonal, which is pretty great. Right on. And, it, well, it's been such a great fall, too. I mean, uh, just the harvest alone, which looked in jeopardy, uh, you know, early on in September, uh, the weather, the change in that weather has really helped everybody else. So I'm kind of interested now in uh, what have you got planned for the, the end of the, you know, the last part of the fall in the winter? Will you stay open? How will all that work at the end? Yeah, we have a really exciting program that we're launching for the first time in November. We're calling it Dine In. So you yeah. may you may remember Dine Out Vancouver, um, yes. but we're, we're sort of building our own kind of November promotion. We'll do that in the late fall and in the early spring to really drive um, business and awareness and action to, uh, to Naramata. And hopefully, you know, it catches on with some of our peers in the region where yeah. we'll give you an incredible value uh, from a menu point of view and an incredible value from a from an overnight stay point of view, um, you know, rooms start at $99, a three course wow. meal at 40, 49 bucks. So it's like heavily, um, heavily 
uh, built around the fact that we want we want people to come and enjoy the Okanagan and Naramata um, yeah. at a time that isn't as popular or isn't yet as popular. So, you know, look at Dino yeah. Vancouver started, what, th- you know, 20 plus years ago and, sure. you know, it used to be a couple of weeks and now it's like six weeks. So, you know, these uh, it hopefully brings oh, love to the region. Yeah, I love the concept. Dine in like I N N. So for the Naramati right. and dine in, that's very cool. A forty nine dollar three course dinner and a ninety nine bucks a night. I mean, I can tell you that I love traveling in wine country in the off season because there's just so so less people around, and you can really you know spend some time at the wineries and get some work done too. That's right. Well, as you would know, you know September and October really is the best time to vis- visit the Okanagan, and of course the early spring. And so for us as restaurateurs, we need people in the region to fill our restaurants. So, you know, hopefully this goes hand in hand and maybe it'll even keep some of the wineries open a little bit later because most of them close up pretty quickly. And some of the ones that don't have don't have food, of course, they close up even earlier. So, you know, we need to build the region and Naramata and the South Okanagan and the Okanagan into a year round place. And that's going to take us, you know, a decade plus. But. We're getting there, you know, sure. internationally recognized gastronomy. Uh, obviously, we already have internationally recognized viticulture. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I'm actually speaking to you from, from San Francisco today and uh, heading up to Napa Valley uh, later on and, and uh, in my trip. And, you know, if you think about what Napa was 30 years ago, it isn't what it is now. And the Okanagan no, sort of on sure. a similar trajectory, you know. Totally. Hey, our guest is Ned Bell. He's a partner, manager, and executive chef at the Naramata Inn. And we're talking about uh, essentially the fall-winter season and what's happening at the inn. Uh, you, you're definitely going to have to check it out at $99 a night. That, that's just a complete steal. What, uh, how hard will it be to create local food during the winter? And uh, like I imagine that the wine will be a big part of it now with, with Emily and, and uh, the selection that you can get. But how will the wine and food work, do you think? Yeah, well, obviously, Emily Walker, our wine director, she's, you know, spectacular and has built our program since day one. Um, You know, our our food is hyper local, hyper seasonal, as I have said. And as you have alluded to, it is more difficult in the in the wintertime. You know, it's also very difficult in the spring because, you know, sometimes we can have no local food coming out of the gardens, even in late May, because they just haven't they just haven't grown yet, you know. So we do a lot of overwintered vegetables. We do a lot of braising and caramelization. We do a lot of, you know, squashes mm-hmm. and pumpkin and yep. celery root and, and rutabaga and parsnips. And, you know, our greens are braised as, instead of fresh. It, you know, it's just, honestly, it's, it, it allows guests to have a really unique experience kind of six times a year with the, the specific six seasons that sort of exist in the Okanagan, yeah. you know, summer really is only 12 weeks. And, yeah. you know, that's not a very long period of time when it comes to writing a menu of 52 weeks. So, no. you know, I but mean, we're, seems- we're not open 52 weeks a year, but you, you get the point. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that there are more and more people on the bench. And, of course, even in the village of Naramata, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of restoration and work going on in the village, uh, you know, over at the wine vault and, and at the, at the uh, I won't call it a grocery store, but uh, the local sort of uh, the country uh, hangout, store. Yeah, the Naramata uh, country store. store. Yeah. So there seems like a lot of people around. I, 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 I'm excited to see how the winter goes because, uh, frankly, we see a lot of great stuff in Tuscany now in these places, uh, you know, people overwintering. And, and uh, you know, why can't that happen here? I, I say let's go for it. 
Well, David and Cynthia and Mike and Carol at the Naramata store, they're certainly on, on our team when it comes to, you know, how do we build the village? And, of course, the village has, is full of all kinds of great business owners who have been doing incredible mm-hmm. things for years. I mean, that's why we're here. We, we see potential yeah. based on the work that, you know, the, the, the foundation work that had already been laid. And so now it is about a collection of complementary businesses in the village that will see the village continue to grow and push out against those shoulders into, you know, more of a year round place. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I get it. It gets cold and dark, you know, that one way, one road in one road out, but that's kind of what makes it magical at the Naramata Inn. You know, we're, uh-huh. we're the only village in the entire, you know, region of the Okanagan that doesn't have a highway running through it. Like that's yeah, the end of the road. I love the it. That we love, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe we could haul that paddle wheeler off the beach uh, in Penticton and get her running again back and forth. Oh, my up goodness. To, uh, Can you imagine how great that would be? Oh, it would be fantastic. Listen, Ned, uh, I don't want to let you go. It's the fall. Uh, it's red wine season, and you're up there now. Do you, have you got a couple of red wines that you're really enjoying at the moment or that you will you think you'll be drinking a fair bit over the uh, over the fall and winter months? Well, I mean, of course, you know, we, we have, uh, what, almost 50 wineries in Naramata specifically, you know, a number of yeah. a number of dozen anyway. And, you know, my, some of my favorites, of course, what Jay and Wendy are doing at Bella. Of course, that's not red wine, but who doesn't mm-hmm. like bubbles always? Um, you know, what, sure. uh, what Ross is doing up at Nickel, um, you know, he's got some great red wines up there. Obviously, the Poplar yeah. Grove team has some really great Syrahs and some really great red wines down at Poplar Grove, which... You know, is mm-hmm. uh, is another wonderful winery here, just on the edge of Naramata and Penticton. There's so much great. Yeah, I'm loving that. Now, I mean, it's hard to it's I hard know. to pick one. I had like this week. I had the the Cabernet Franc from Hillside. I was just blown away by the latest release of that wine. It's so it's it's so freaking elegant. It's unbelievable for a Cabernet Franc. Uh, and then you try the Mistral from Lake Breeze, that sort of rony wine, and uh, you get this texture and flavor. And I'm I'm just really excited about the growth in in the way that people think about wine now in BC, and and you know some of the work that they're doing with it. Well, we have to thank you, my friend, for highlighting our regions for so long. And, you know, you're such a champion for BC Wines. And big thank you to you for that and for continuing to give us uh, opportunities to celebrate our businesses. Yeah. Okay, Ned, thanks for joining us. We're going to let everybody know they should get up to the Naramad Inn, $99 a night. You probably won't even be able to get a room uh, in the next month if you don't get going now. Uh, And that $49 three-course dinner sounds pretty nice, too. We'll catch up soon, Ned. Have a great time in California. Thanks, Anthony. Have a great day. We'll see everybody in Naramata. There you go. That's Ned Bell. Ned, of course, uh, a partner and, uh, you know, the chef at the Naramata Inn, uh, uh, along with his partners. Okay, there's plenty more to come. Up next, we're going to speak with Kaylin Madeira. She's the owner and cider maker for Twisted Hills Craft Cider in the Smilkameen Valley. Hey, our show airs weekly in 20 cities across British Columbia, and it's on demand on all the major podcast platforms. It's BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. (laughs) 
But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of select Mount Boucherie wine for just five bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Modestbutcher.com. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lakes Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Claude de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Claude de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. And now, a BC Food and Wine Radio Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout-out to our Vancouver base at uh, BNN Bloomberg 1410 and all other 19 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Hey, it's our five years. Uh, it was five years ago today we first stepped into these uh, downtown Vancouver studios, and we thank our extended team across the province for making it all happen. Uh, our next guest is Kaylin Madeira. She's the owner of Twisted Hills Craft Cider in Coston. Uh, a cider maker uh, producing artisanal organic ciders. I don't think there could be a better job. Kaylin, how are you today? I'm doing well, Anthony. Yourself? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, go easy on me. I'm not an expert in cider, but I've been learning more and more about it because there just seems to be some, you know, just huge interest now in cider in BC. It's really turned the corner and become something very interesting to drink. It has. I would absolutely agree with everything you've just said there about it <laughs> being emerging. Uh, it's funny you say because we started in 2012, made our first batch. Yeah. And uh, Joe and I, we started uh, out in my in-law's garage, which would be 32 by 16 feet. Had a little wow. tasting room there with uh, a few tanks small filter, small everything. And people would somehow find us off the highway and drive down the little gravel road. And they'd ask me, so tell me, what what is a craft cider? 
And I think we've definitely uh, turned the tables on on that from that original question we used to get. So there's a lot a lot yeah. more emerging now for sure. And and uh, by the way, you're talking about your husband Joe Schneider. He's a fifth generation orchardist, so he's been growing uh, fruit for a while. Uh, has he always have you have you guys always been growing organically? Yes. So Joe's grandfather uh, was the first to move into the Similkameen Valley, and his wow. dad was the one of the first organic uh, farming uh, people in the Similkameen Valley. So the orchards that Joe and I now run were previously run, minus our home seven acres, which Joe planted um, in 2008-2009. They've always been organic. Um, Joe's dad planted wow. them um, from the start, and some of them starting in the 80s. Okay, so, so let's start with something. for many years. Yeah. Let's, uh, I want to just get a couple terms out for our listeners. So we mentioned craft cider. So, so there's cider and then there's craft cider. How, how, how would you describe the difference between the two, the, the two terms? So I guess in our world, there would be the difference between commercial cider making and craft cider making. Now, right. I know there's some terms that kind of go back to camera and um, and mostly in the UK by definitions with juice and water content. But for us in the craft cider community, you're, you're making it in smaller volume. You're not pumping out a whole bunch of cider. You're not adding water to dilute it. Um, you're keeping the alcohol the way it kind of naturally becomes when you when you press that juice. And right. really going back to the orchard itself, like where that fruit's coming from. Okay, I like that. And and in speaking about the fruit, uh, people should know that there are actually apples that are grown for cider as well. No, they're they're not the same as the apples that we might buy to eat. Am I correct in that? Or you are correct. And many of those cider apples you would prefer not to eat. Um, so. <laughs> There, there are classifications with cider apples. So there are uh, bitter sharps, bitter sweets, sweets, and uh, which ones did I miss? Sweets. Oh, bitter sharps. And so those, those four categories will come with, as in the grape world, uh, high tannin, high acidity, or right. high. Whichever way it may run, so some may have higher acidities and tannins, and those are really where you're going to get your more complex juice from. Right. So you can actually really taste that, taste the difference between cider that's been made with cider apples as opposed to just, you know, cider. Uh, uh, cider can be made with dessert, regular eating apples as well. It just won't come with the same complexity as when you make it with cider mm. fruit. Yeah. Our guest is uh, Kaylin Madeira. She's the owner and cider maker at Twisted Hills Craft Cider in uh, in Coston in the Similkameen Valley, which uh, is just a fantastic valley now. There's so much energy there and so many things going on. Uh, you have to be pretty happy with your position where you are at now. Uh, and is it is it easy to drop people in now off of Highway 3? It is now. Uh, so we, we purchased that property 
that our tasting room is on now from our my in-laws, uh, Joe's parents, in the fall of 2017. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, uh, we opened and we decided to build a, a geodesic dome for our tasting room. Oh, nice. We have a friend who uh, got into domes about, well, I guess now, you know, 15 years ago. And we thought, well, hey, do you want to build us a dome? And he said, <laughs> yes. So it, uh, you know, even if you're maybe not looking particularly for something off the highway, um, as far as like cider goes, you might just want to pop in and uh, check out the architecture of the building and try some cider while you're in there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, Okay, and let's talk about a couple of ciders. Like if I'm coming in and I don't know a lot about ciders at, uh, you know, at Twisted, what what would you recommend for a first-time buyer to to pick up and give it a a go? I would recommend our semi-dry. Uh, which is made uh, mostly with Kingston Black Apples. It's a very, it's a smaller production run that we do with that one. Mm-hmm. So that one is it's perfectly balanced with a fizzy and tannin. It's really easy going, especially for people who are just starting to get into cider. Yep. And it is a perfect cider whether uh, you're wanting to pair it with food or if you're just wanting to pour yourself a glass. And also, I love our wild ferment. Uh, there's a lot of funky wild ferments out there. Uh, we have a true wild ferment. Um, not a lot of brett going on. So with ours, you. you get a lot of exotic fruit coming through. Yeah. And so for this one, it's it's made with our French varieties. So we have uh, the Calvo Blanc Hiver in there, which is an apple that dates back to the 1500s. Probably the oldest varietal we grow, and the Balmer is Norman. And so with that, uh, we do just strictly French varieties and all wild ferment, and that one's super fun. Uh, it sounds like fun to me. I, I've been, uh, I've also been talking. Of course, I've been talking to a lot of wine people in the last month. How how is the harvest been? And do you have a different harvest time, or could we say that that the wine harvest, whatever the wine harvested, would be the same for the apple harvest? Or are there are there differences? It's funny you ask because I people will ask, what's the difference between uh, cider making and, and wine making? I say, well, I don't know how to make wine. Um, I know how to make cider. Uh, I think the harvesting is about the same time, whether it runs later or earlier. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but we actually, apples are biennial. I don't know if it's the same with grapes. So this year is actually a, uh, a lower yield harvest for us this year, uh, than last year. Hmm. So I'm not sure if it's the same in the grape world or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the 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 next year is set the year before, so that that probably determines the the amount that comes out, anyways. If that's what we're talking about. Uh, okay. What about the quality? Yeah, us, Are you happy with it? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, actually, it's it's funny this year. The the apples look fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of uh, processed apples are out there this year. Uh, just great looking apples, um, as opposed to, like. Smaller amounts, great, greater looking apples, I guess, this year. Mm. And now, if people are uh, coming out to Twisted uh, 
to Twisted Hills Craft Cider to to taste. What what can you offer them? You have tastings planned, or how? When are you open, and will you stay open through the winter? How does that work? Yeah, so we open from Easter until the end of October, and we're always open mm-hmm. ten to six. Uh, we have eight ciders on draft, so if you like, you can do a guided tasting uh, with one of the gals in our tasting room. And they'll take you through five ciders that we're pouring that day. Mm-hmm. We have a picnic area, so you can either do a short or a long flight in the picnic area and decide which ones you want to which ones you want to do. But we're open by appointment throughout the rest of the year. I mean, we have the packing house right across the street, so we're sure. pressing all winter, and uh, we're in the shop making cider all winter, so we're really not that far away. So yeah. visit anytime. Yeah. Yeah, and the product itself is also widely distributed in uh, uh, liquor stores and restaurants around the province? Yes, so we actually have uh, Twisted Hills in uh, private liquor stores, restaurants, like you say, as well as um, through our tasting room. And we have a canned cider line called Element Cider, and oh. that is found in a 473 mil uh, single. Uh, we don't use cider apples in that one. That's kind of the difference between the two brands there. And that one can be found in uh, all 21 uh, Save-On stores that do have the, the license to carry. Right on. Well, we love Save-On. Uh, we, we just did a show on Save-On last week. They've got a lot of stuff going on there. And, of course, they are selling a ton of ciders. It's something that they've uh, been telling us has really picked up, uh, you know, in their grocery stores. So, Kaylin, really great to catch up with you and hear a little bit about Twisted Hills Craft Cidery, which, of course, is in Coston in the Smilkameen Valley. So if you're in the neighborhood, drop by. Otherwise, uh, go to your friendly uh, Save-On food store and pick some up uh, right here in town. Thanks so much, Kaylin. Thanks, Anthony. That was Kaylin Madeira. She's the owner cider maker at Twisted Hills Craft Cider. Uh, you still have time to drop by to visit them uh, before the end of the month, and then you can visit by appointment throughout the winter. Okay, still to come on the show, Warren Porter's back, of course, president and CEO of Iron Gate Auctions. We're going to talk about his upcoming auction, uh, and if you're thinking about buying wine or selling wine, you won't want to miss this segment with Warren. And uh, apparently they're going back to live auctions as well, so we want to hear a bit about that. All that and more on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. We'll be right back. Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save On Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save On Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. 
Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature, Liber's terroir-focused small-lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club to receive delivery of award-winning wines, new releases in spring and fall, early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Liber Farm and Winery looks forward to hosting you in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. We're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue, and then we'll take it higher. Hello, British Columbia, and thanks for listening wherever you are across the province or uh, worldwide on our podcast. Joining us now is Warren Porter. He's the president and CEO of Iron Gate Auctions based in Alberta, but providing opportunities to buy wine across Canada. Warren, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I was reading about your September 27th auction. Uh, it's a new single wine auction record. It was a one, 1. 1.2 million. Yeah, 1.2 million when it was all said and done, and uh, we've never seen one that's been larger in this country. So it's uh, it's nice to see a lot of uh, uptick, a lot of uh, Canadians from coast to coast participating, and lots of great wines. And so yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. So I, this sort of proves my theory about many things in wine, uh, where the government's not involved. People are ready to do stuff. They just need to they just need it to be out there so that they can participate. Do you feel like that's happening with your auctions? Yeah, very much. And I mean, look, uh, British Columbians, for example, have been buying a lot out of the U- U.S. auction houses. And now that the dollar is so high, there's other places that they're looking. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the government stores and retailers are, are terrific places to find young and new vintages. And, and auctions worldwide are where people bought back vintage wine and sold yeah. some of their assets. So we're just we're just catching up with the rest of the world. That's all. But but it's yeah. really been embraced and, and we're having we're having a great time doing it. Now, you have an upcoming auction, which is kind of neat because uh, sort of post-pandemic, I'm saying sort of, I'm hoping it's post-pandemic, uh, you're going to go live again. Uh, tell us about the whole uh, business of a live auction versus uh, online. I mean, I, I think you're doing both, right? Well, we are, yeah. So it's a consider it kind of a hybrid model. So in a in our regular online auctions, you uh, you start the bidding on uh, you know five or seven days before, and then on the right. Tuesday night or whatever at seven o'clock, the computer starts closing each lot every ten seconds. So it's almost identical to that. The difference is that there's a live auctioneer who then takes the bids from the internet and begins to close the lots uh, on a combination of people who are in the room in a restaurant. Um, in uh, Toronto who are bidding live uh, and people online who are bidding live. So you can see the auctioneer right on your screen, on your laptop, or even on your phone and Mm -hmm. follow him along as he takes bids from all over the place. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And you know, and you're right. I, I've gone to a lot of live auctions in Chicago and 
New York and people bring a bottle and you share with your table and everybody has a lot of fun and it's uh, and I want to see that come back. And so yeah. it's not practical to do with every auction um, because, you know, we'll, we could have 850 to 1,000 lots. That would take too long to close. It would go out of our days. Um, but for this one, which is an incredible collection, the uh, state of Samuel Sarek, um, it's a, it's going to be a fun way to do just 200 lots. Yeah. Samuel Sarek, I mean, Providence about, you know, where wine comes from is always the most important thing when you're buying on auction. What can you tell us about Samuel Sarek and his collection? So uh, Sam uh, was a, um, uh, it's an estate, and Sam was a property developer in Toronto and very integrated into the wine community. He was a member of the Confrey. Um, He was a, um, you know, he had a lot of connections and means to be able to uh, acquire a very, very significant collection uh, over the course of his life and purchased direct from source and kept in a working cellar. So it wasn't a, you know, a, a pretty fancy cellar. It was a working cellar with no less than three separate refrigeration and humidification units so it's a collection that i've known for probably about 15 years and um and so we're starting uh the sale of it with this uh you know 200 lot offering but you're right i mean provenance is everything it's more important than anything and so to see one come from a single source never moved from that seller is rare that's a once in a generation seller that's fantastic uh, well, for our listeners who, who are excited but don't know much about auctions, tell us a bit about, I know that if they go online, uh, you have some videos that show people actually how, how easy it is to bid online or how it all works. Yeah, there's a couple of videos. If you go to our site, uh, irongateauctions.com, um, you can scroll down and see the, the different videos that we have showing you how to bid. It's all really self-explanatory. I mean, I've, you know, I've walked through it with, with my parents even to say, here, you guys do it because you're not used to doing this. And if you see anything that's difficult, you let me know and we'll get that fixed. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all really self-explanatory, very easy. You, uh, you know, you register. Uh, and, um, and then you just, you know, bid on your lots. What I always encourage people to do, Anthony, is to proxy bid, right? So what that means is you've got something that might be sitting at $100 right now, a lot, and yep. you know the value of it, and you're willing to go to 300 or 500 So you just right. put in that amount, and you can let the computer do the bidding for you so that you don't have to keep going back over and over again. It's a great platform. Yeah. People really like it. And you know what's really interesting is that uh, between February, uh, April, and our last auction, mobile usage has gone from 28 to 33 to 42%. So almost half yeah. of our buyers now are running on mobile. On wow. Wow, I love that. Hey, we're, we're, yeah, we are... We're talking with Warren Porter. He's the president and CEO of Iron Gate Auctions. Uh, the big, you got the next big auction coming up. Uh, how many more will you do this year? Or are you set, or is it? Are you already working for twenty uh, three, or how does that work? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. We we squeezed in this live one into October on October the 29th. Uh, the mm-hmm. next one that we have coming up is in November. If you go to our site, you will you can register right. for any of the ones that we've got coming up. November will probably be close to 1,000 lots um, with a uh, with an, uh, with another 25% higher than September. So it'll probably be wow. pushing close to a million and a half. And how how would you describe these people who are giving you wine to to auction off? Who are they, and what what is it? Just all of us out there in Canada? 
You know, it's everything, and it's it's everything from estates to just people who are looking at their collections saying, you know, we have too much. I, I had dinner with a gentleman here the other night who said he has a just way more wine than he'll ever drink, and so he should be getting uh, rid of the stuff that he knows he's not going to get to. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, usually it's a catalyst. It's, uh, you know, people who have uh, downsized their house or you know, there's, you know, estates and divorces sometimes and just all kinds of stuff. And um, and so, you know, the, the nice part is that we're seeing it come in from all over the country. And overall, people are really happy to have an outlet for it which yeah. gives them a place to sell it without having to do it out of the trunk of their car, you know? So that, yeah, that's I generally that. the feedback that we're getting. We're making it easy for them and giving them really good returns. Yeah, no no more trunk-to-trunk trunk outside the arena. You can actually uh, no. do it civilized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, I, I just can't get over how successful it's been uh, so quickly, but uh, it's, it's just been so needed in the marketplace. Tell me, do wineries, are there any wineries that would move wine in an auction? No, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't um, take any wine from a winery. Uh, that's, okay. that's not what this is about. This is about selling wine. And, we, and we've been asked, but I've said no. That's not the, you know, technically maybe you could, but that's not the intent. And that's certainly yeah. not something that a liquor board is going to want to see because we're here to add on to the service that they provide, not usurp it. And so, right. um, so no, we don't do anything from wineries. These are all private clients, every one of them. You're such a gentleman, Warren. No, absolutely, I get that all the time. But, but you know yeah. what? There's a, there's a, it just it's the it's it's the the spirit of what we're doing is also to yeah, no, you know it. to work with people to liquidate their asset, not not be another yeah. sales channel for a winery. Okay, I'm a person who wants to liquidate my assets. So how how much lead time do I need? How do I go about getting uh, my stuff in an auction? Well, generally what I say to people is send me a list of what you have. If you don't have it inventoried, then we may have somebody in your city who can assist with that because most people don't have a, a good inventory. Right. Lead time is all dependent upon how much we have coming in. So I'll cap an auction if the, if the numbers are getting too high. Typically, I'll need about eight weeks because there's a lot of work that has to happen when we bring these in, photography mm-hmm. and tasting notes and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, right now we're bringing in wines for our auction in February which is getting close to full. And then the next one will probably be in April after that. So I just say to everybody, look, you know, if you're you just get it into us as soon as you can, and we'll slot it in uh, as early as we can uh, without, you know, making an auction so big that, you know, we've, we've kind of flooded the market. So, yeah. so uh, the, the earlier, the better. Warren, uh, always great to catch up with you. Now the next auction, the pre-bidding starts on October 24th. Uh, the first live auction in two years will run on October 29th for all you people. You can check it out all online at irongateauctions.com. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll set another record. Yeah, I, uh, we certainly got our fingers crossed for it. If they can register for that one and they can register for anyone in the future. And as long as they're registered, we'll keep notifying you of everything that's, uh, that's coming out and all the analysis we're doing and all that kind of stuff. So you can really yeah. get a good handle on it after a while. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be keeping track. Good luck, and uh, maybe uh, it'll be fun for people to buy some old wine in a civilized manner. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for your support as always, Anthony. We appreciate it. Thank you. Warren Porter's the president and CEO of Iron Gate Auctions, and if you've got some old bottles laying around uh, that you don't know what to do with, that's a good way to to move them out. Uh, A lot of people will be interested in buying them.
plenty more coming up on the show. Uh, we actually are going to head back to the Similkameen Valley and catch up with Michael Clark. Of course, he's the winemaker at Clotus Soleil Winery, and we're going to get a full update on the end of this spectacular 2022 vintage, which uh, has been nothing but sunshine for the last two months. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. We'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards wine shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room, and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summerhill's Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summerhill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summerhill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back with a special shout out to Bounce Radio and Salmon Arm and all 19 other cities across the province. Our guest is Michael Clark. He is a winemaker at uh, one of the most spectacular uh, wineries in British Columbia, Clos de Soleil, in the heart of the Similkameen Valley. Michael, how are you today? Very good. How are you? I'm well. You're surviving uh, the world's longest growing season ever, or how would you describe that's, 22? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, it's both a really exciting time of year because it's when all of the year's work of growing the great soul comes together, um, but it's also an exhausting time of year, and this year in particular, because uh, we had a slow start to the season, and uh, and now through this beautiful fall weather, everything is ripening, but really at the same time, so we're working around the clock at the winery currently. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people describe harvest as a red, it's a red wine harvest, a white wine harvest. How would you describe 22? Um. 
of course it's not over, but right now, in terms of both the whites and the reds that we've harvested, quality is excellent. I have nothing to complain about. Now, that being said, there are late ripening reds that we haven't harvested yet, and I can never make a complete judgment until they're in the tank, which will happen over the next few weeks. Um, but so far, everything's looking great across the board. Yeah. What are the latest? Is it is it Cabernet Sauvignon? Is there others as, as well? For us at Toto Soleil, where we specialize in um, the varieties that they grow in Bordeaux, including Cabernet Sauvignon, that's the big one in terms of the late ripening harvests for us. Uh, Petit Verdot is another really late ripening one, and uh, but that's smaller for us. Uh, so yeah. we have a number of vineyards with Cabernet Sauvignon that will probably be harvesting in early November, would be my guess. Yeah. Now you're growing uh, uh, organically. Has that given you a bit of an edge? Like I'm uh, of the belief that uh, organic uh, people growing organically actually are harvesting slightly earlier than than uh, conventional farming. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to say because there are so many different effects from where each vineyard is located. But um, I can say certainly growing organically to me, is central to what we do, and I think we really produce better quality wines because of it. It's better for the planet, right. of course, but it's it's better for the vines and the wines we produce. Um, I do feel that uh, grape vines that are grown organically are in better uh, balance, which is a viticultural term, but effectively um, it means that the, uh, the different biological aspects of the development of the vines through the season are, are Our guest is Michael Clark. He's a winemaker and partner at Clota Soleil Winery. Uh, Michael, let's uh, what like you still have stuff hanging. You guys always have your your the pulse on what the weather, the real weather is going to be. What what are they telling you about uh, the next few weeks, like into November fifteenth or so? Does it look uh, look possible? Um, I think so. Um, you know, it's that's always one of the challenges of, of wine growing is that you're dealing with Mother Nature. It's both a bit of the bad side. Um, uh, things are looking good so far. So, as you know, it's been a beautiful, beautiful fall, warm and dry. Uh, we're yeah. going to start getting a bit more precipitation, and the weather is definitely expected to get colder. But that doesn't stop us. It means we put on our jackets, but we keep on picking the grapes and crushing the grapes. And uh, so I expect that we're going to have no difficulties uh, continuing mm. the harvest process over the next three, four weeks. Right on. Uh, so what about uh, visitors, consumers? What can people expect now uh, if they come by the winery at this time of the year? What, what What's happening uh, in the fall, and what are the plans for the winter at Clos de Soleil? Yeah, it's, it's a great time for people to visit. Um, we've actually had a lot of visitors through the fall. It's been one of our busiest falls ever. Um, with this weather, it's a beautiful time to be in the small Camine Valley. As, as you know, it's just a gorgeous place to be. Uh, and mm-hmm. then when you come to a winery like Clos de Soleil, just like any other time of the year, you can taste and chat with our staff and learn about our process. But you can also walk around the back of the winery, which is where the people will find me. And we'll be <laughs> there crushing grapes and, and pumping juice from one tank to another. And uh, and we're very transparent at Clotus We love people to come and take a look and we explain what we're doing. 
So I, I encourage people to come. We're open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. until the end of this month. And after that, we're open all through the winter, but um, you, you have to book in advance after October. Yeah, make an appointment, yeah. Okay. I also wanted to talk about, I mean, we won't get a chance to talk to you probably uh, before Christmas, but the holiday season, people are buying wines. What what a, what are a couple of red wines and maybe a couple of white wines that will be available from Clos de Soleil in the marketplace that you're excited about and, and would think would work well at that time of the year for people? Yeah, the, um, in terms of red wines, there are two I would highlight. Um, and, and, of course, you know, in the, uh, the colder holiday weather, uh, nice warm reds are cure uh, uh, the soul. Um, yep. So I would suggest Celestial. Uh, Celestial is um, a Bordeaux blend produced at Clos de Soleil. It's a blend of Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Malbec, mm-hmm. and Petit Verdot. Fermented in concrete tanks and aged in French oak barrels. It offers a ton of value at the price. It's around uh, around thirty dollars or twenty dollars. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's that's uh, the twenty twenty, right? Exactly. That's the one yeah. in the market right now. And uh, then another red I would suggest is our twenty twenty Syrah. Uh, it's a new release, uh, just out about a month ago, and. Um, I have to say, I think it's a beautiful expression of Samaltamine Valley, so a really ripe berry character combined with this minerality. Yeah, sounds good. And in terms of whites, I know you make a number now. You've got Chardonnay, Pinot Blanc, uh, Viognier. What, what would be a good holiday pick? My holiday pick is going to be our classic uh, flagship wine, Capella, so this is a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. It's barrel fermented and barrel aged. Um, it has uh, a real uh, density to it. It makes an excellent uh, uh, food wine. So for, for uh, uh, Christmas dinner or New Year's dinner, it's an excellent choice. And it's a great gift, too. It's a white wine that can actually age beautifully. Um, huh. So it's great for collectors. Well done. Uh, okay, now I'm a, if I put on my gift-giving hat or my, you know, I want to order some wine or ship some wine for the holidays, do you have deadlines for that? And what can you tell people? How, how soon do they have to get on to that to make sure that they get the product they want uh, before the holidays? Well, I would say the Internet is your friend. So um, our website, uh, which is clodesoleil.ca, uh, um, has an online store. It's extremely easy. We have free shipping all across BC and Alberta for orders of uh, six bottles or more. And um, uh, if you live in a major urban center, let's say uh, Vancouver, um, uh, the shipping works very quickly. Uh, when you order, normally you receive uh, the wine two or three days later because things get rushed uh, leading up to the holiday season for customers ordering then uh, just to be safe ordering a week in advance is going to be a lot better um, right. and it's quick everywhere else too but obviously just fasting urban centers uh, mm-hmm. and in terms of people thinking about holiday gifts large format bottles are my recommendations for Clos de Soleil we produce um, one and a half liter magnums, and we also produce three liter and six liter bottles. You actually phone the winery if you want one of those three liter or six liters. But, That's um, great. They make a really impressive gift. 
Yeah, maybe I should give out my address. Anybody wants to send me a six-liter <laughs> bottle of uh, Clos de Soleil, I'm in. <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> Michael, uh, well, we really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. I'm uh, I'm hoping the weather holds out till the crop comes in and uh, you have another successful season at Clos de Soleil and uh, you'll have uh, a, a string of visitors lined up to get into that winery all next year as well. Uh, so good luck with the rest of the harvest and thanks for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. All right, Guy, back to work. Yes, exactly. Uh, Michael Clark, he's the winemaker at Clos de Soleil Winery in the Similkameen Valley. Well, that's it for this week's show, and a special thanks to our technical producer here in the studio in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop. Uh, we'll be back in the studio here at BNN Bloomberg 1410 in Vancouver next week. For all of us on the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi. Have a great weekend and a great week ahead. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.